Hello and welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should definitely have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the festive boyfriend. I'm Drew. Happy Christmas. Yeah, or holidays depending on what you celebrate. Yes, we hope you are having a fantastic festive period. Mm -hmm. And what better way to enjoy the festive period, whatever you are doing, than by watching Elf. The musical. The musical, <laughs> yeah. I'm very familiar with Elf, the film. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I like Will Ferrell. I think this is him towards his peak. I would say he's not yet peaked at the point of Elf. He is still on the rise. I think Elf was his best film. I like Step Brothers a lot. And I like the first Anchorman film a lot. They're not for me. No, I know they're not. For me, as a fan of Will Ferrell, I feel like without this film, we maybe don't have other films he's done that I love. Mm-hmm. I like Zoe Deschanel. Sure. I think she's brilliant in it. Mm-hmm. I, I like a lot of the cast. This has, I mean, obviously we're not watching we're the not film. We're not watching the Will Ferrell version. It has KG from Tenacious D in. It has Tyrion Lannister in. Yeah. There's a lot of things to love about the film. So it's one I'm very, very attached to. I also firmly feel that without Elf, we wouldn't have an MCU. Mm-hmm. Because John Favreau directed this, directed Iron Man. And I think he is very responsible for getting the MCU off the ground running. Yeah. So this is one that could go either way. Yeah. So... Elf is obviously a Christmas musical. Yes. And this has interesting runs on Broadway and in the West End because it is only run during the Christmas season. Yes. So this opened in 2010 on Mm -hmm. Broadway, Christmas season. Yep. Then reopened 2012, revival, Christmas season. Then they did a 2013 Christmas season US tour, 2015. It came here, mm-hmm. and that's the version we're watching. Cool. The, the West End cast. So this version of Elf was written by Bob Martin and Thomas Meehan. Thomas, Thomas Meehan, Meehan has cropped up a lot. Yes. You want to tell me what he's worked on? I'd love to if I could remember. <laughs> so, I get him confused with Mark Shaman, who did Hairspray for some reason. Well, he did do hairspray that's what i thought okay that's why i get them confused yeah do you also do fame no okay no he did annie and also the producers cool mm-hmm. so we have him big things obviously and then we have bob martin who did the drowsy chaperone which is a very famous musical the prom the one that we're going to watch next week yes Coming next week, we are mm-hmm. covering Netflix's adaptation of The Prom. Yep, uh, amongst other things. But okay. yes, it's very exciting that he works on The Prom because then we also have our music and lyrics by Matthew Schuyler and... The Schuyler Brother. <laughs> yeah. And Chad Beguelen, which is probably not how you pronounce his name, but I tried. Yes. Who wrote the mo- music and lyrics for The Prom. Okay. 
So, so this is my gang. Elf kind of being a big deal then in the musical world the same way that it is in the film world. That mm-hmm. maybe we don't have successful shows like The Prom if not for Elf. Yeah, potentially. Because this is the first thing they'd all worked on together. So Matthew Schuyler and Chad Beguelin had worked on The Wedding Singer together. The adaptation of the... The movie. Adam Sandler film. Mm -hmm. Jeez, okay. And then they worked with Bob Martin on The Prom. Well, on this and then on The Prom. So yeah, working with him on Elf Mm -hmm. may have paved the way for conversations about prom. Mm -hmm. Which I think is very cool. Yep. And is that why you wanted us to do Elf this week? Yes, it because is. Because it's, it's a good segue into the prom. Yeah. Okay. Music wise, yes, you can see where the prom has come from, from this, I think. So this is the thing that's really interesting to me. It's the first time I heard about Elf the musical was probably around 2012. And I was like, you know, it was Christmas time. And as most people do, they watch yeah. a film they like and they think, huh, I wonder what's happened since. Mm-hmm. Or are there any plans to do a sequel? So I was Googling and on Wikipedia and looking at Elf and thinking, oh, will there ever be a sequel? I'd love to see what happens to the characters later. Mm-hmm. And I, I, age tells me a sequel to Elf would be an awful idea. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you could do. And actually, if anything, it would just be upsetting to see maybe the characters take steps back. Yeah. And I heard that was Elf the musical. But to me... When I looked at it, it always just screamed panto. Yes, I would agree with that. I'm not complaining, but in my mind, it felt that there was going to be a significant dip in quality. Mm-hmm. Now, I've not watched this, obviously. That's why we have this show, is for me to watch shows. And those of you unfamiliar and maybe joining us for the first week, hello, we're, it's a musical podcast. I watch movie musicals and you know broadway shows i've never seen before and this is the section where we talk about what i know and you teach me about it before we watch them i feel like i've maybe been unfair on this by seeing it as a panto and you telling me about all the people attached to this this isn't just like a cash grab it feels like passionate people have got involved in this Mm -hmm. and good people they've not just attached themselves to anyone who could shoehorn together an adaptation they've actually found good talent to do this it makes me feel more confident that i might enjoy this one yeah here's my question for you because obviously i'm not going to ask you what you know we know i know the plot of elf i've watched it every year since it came out so my question for you with this is what do you think they have to get rid of for this to be a stage musical what do you mean they have to get rid of what do you think from the film won't work on stage very good question i think the opening that shows baby buddy mm-hmm. won't work sure i think we might just get like a narrator reading from a book and then we start with him as grown-up elf mm-hmm. we're obviously going to have to cut back on kind of the ways he doesn't fit in you know we get like the brilliant bit where he's showering and like he can't quite reach because the showers are too small for him oh in Elfland, yeah. yeah so if anything we might get like a he was never an elf as a song like a montage mm-hmm. i feel like they're gonna make a big song and dance <laughs> of course about his journey 
from the North Pole to New York City. Yeah. I feel like that will be a really good dance number. Mm-hmm. I think the romance is going to be upped. Sure. Because that's always kind of just weird. It just, it kind of... I feel like in the film it just sort of happens. It does sort like, of happen. And I don't you didn't mind. come here for this. Yeah, it, it doesn't need the romance. Mm. So I feel like that probably will get maybe more. And maybe we'll have less of the central park encounter mm-hmm. with Santa. Like maybe the location will be different. I still think Buddy saves Christmas. Yeah. I hope it has the same kind of beats of the reason the stay's not working is because Christmas spirit's down and all the tongue-in-cheek humour about it. Like, what do they think? There's a rumour going around the parents. Well, not all the parents could do this. Of course they couldn't. I love that that reference. Yeah. And I think, I hope they keep that kind of charm. And I hope there's a lot of the same story beats. Mm. But I do think some of the locations will change. I still think we're going to have Dad as a publisher and we're going to have the mailroom section. I still think we're going to have the section in Santa's Grotto. Oh, okay. Yeah, the department store. The department store. Mm -hmm. But I wonder how that will change because I don't know if the sets will allow for it. Mm -hmm. So maybe that that gets cut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So we have, because we're watching the West End cast, we have... From 2015. Yes, but this film is from twenty was released in twenty seventeen. Okay, cool. So it was filmed with that cast, yes. but released two years later. Ben Forster is playing Buddy. Okay, I recognise the name. He won the Andrew Lloyd Webber Superstar competition to play Jesus Christ Superstar. I yeah. guess I don't. I didn't watch that one. I guess if it's Andrew Lloyd Webber Superstar, it must be Jesus Christ. Oh, no, no. I know it is, but okay. I don't know what role it was to play. I've, we haven't seen Jesus Christ Superstar, so I, I have could seen Jesus Christ only Superstar. assume Jesus Christ. Yeah, in the same sort of vein as the Nancy one. and yeah. uh, How do you solve a problem yeah. like Maria? It was one of those. Does that mean he knows John Barrowman? I don't think John Barrowman was on that series. That's probably why you didn't That's watch it. I didn't watch it. On a side note, how excited are you for New Year's Day? I'm very excited. And John Barrowman returning to Doctor Who. Pat, pat. <laughs> yes, dear. I can't wait. So then he went on to be in Greece in the UK. He played Doody. Cool. Howdy Doody. Howdy Doody. Then he did 2012 Arena Tour of Jesus Christ Superstar. Then he played Brad in the 40th anniversary tour of Rocky Horror. When did that tour... 2013 slash 14. Okay, that wasn't the time I saw Rocky Horror then. I'm assuming. I saw Rocky Horror in 2015, I believe. No, 2016. Yeah, he would make a good Brad. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Then he went on to an America for a while. And he also had like a solo career and he was a songwriter for a bit, which is very cool. Yeah. A couple of albums, but he went on tour in America with Jesus Christ Superstar. That's really awesome. Yep. Then he came back here to be an elf the musical in 2015. And then we had another elf the musical reprise in the UK in 2018. Yes. However, this run was cut short because during the show, Forster slipped down a ladder 
and the show was stopped oh. because he'd broken his ankle. Oh. Just like falling awkwardly off of this ladder. So they just stopped the show. There was no just, understudy. There was no understudy, but they just didn't finish the run with him. Fair. Which is sad. That is him. very sad. And he was the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera for a while, which I saw him in Phantom of the Opera. I now imagine a world where Buddy loses his Christmas spirit. And becomes the Phantom of the Opera. Basically meeting his dad Mm -hmm. is detrimental and he becomes the Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) So like the Phantom is just eating like spaghetti and sweets with maple syrup for dinner every day. Gross. I would believe that. That's my new canon. (laughs) Sure. Who else is in it then? The version that we're going to watch. So the version that we are watching, we have Louis Emmerich playing Santa. Cool. Ben Forster, Jessica Martin playing Emily. And then Liz McLarnan playing Jovi. And Joe McGann playing Walter. Okay. Who did you think that was? You did a big gasp. I, I, I got him confused with Paul McGann, who was a doctor. As exciting as that would be. Yeah. No. Okay, so this being a very seasonal one, I mm-hmm. assume it never really got critical acclaim to the point of like awards or nominations. It's kind of like by the wayside. A little bit. It got some awards and okay. it got nominated for a Drama Desk Award, which is very cool for production. Yeah. The writers got nominations and the composers got an Annie Award. Which cool. is hilarious, considering that somebody who worked on this worked on, Annie. worked on Annie. Which is the outstanding achievement in music in a production, which was for Buddy's Musical Christmas. Which, is that a song? No. So, Elf, colon, Buddy's Musical Christmas is an animated short made for NBC that contains some of the songs from this musical. It came out first. Okay, yes, because I feel like I've seen that with Jim Parsons and Mark Hamill attached to it. Mm -hmm. And they made that animated short and it was written, Elf the Musical was written to be this little animated short. And then it gained more traction from there to be like, oh, we could do a whole show with this. Yeah, except the stage show came first. Yes. Because obviously animation takes such a long time and the Buddy's Musical Christmas is stop motion. Which takes even longer because it's like Christmas animation. Mm -hmm. So by the time that was actually finished, they'd already written the whole musical and were performing it. Cool. Which is cool. Yeah. But yeah. It just got, it got little things. So like Buddy's Musical Christmas got an Emmy Award for um, stop motion animated special. That must have been a very contested category. No, it was like for NBC specials. Yeah. But because it was stop motion, it sort of just won everything which is awesome yeah but yeah it didn't didn't do badly people like it people people's uh commentary on it is more that it's especially in america too panto which i don't think is as big of a problem here no i think in america panto isn't it's not what they want translatable it doesn't necessarily exist the same here it's very English humour and there's a lot of things in it that people would find crass or inappropriate as well in America it's not their sense of humour 
Yeah, because the English version was really well reviewed. Like it got good reception. But the American one, it was a lot of like too much over the top speaking out to the audience. Oh, good. All of those things from a panto, you yeah. know? However, when it came out, the first weekend it was open, it was the third highest grossing show of Thanksgiving weekend because that's when it opened after Wicked and the Lion King, which is, is saying something. But that's that only happens because the film exists. I yes. don't think that happens if the film never happened and suddenly the same story is translated for the stage. Well, we talked about this a bit when we did our Shrek the Musical episode, yeah. is that if Shrek the Musical was on its own, would we love it as much? And the answer is probably no. No, I think it's still a really great show, but the difference is we're there to see characters we already know mm-hmm. in a different medium. And I think that's very much what would happen with Elf. Yeah. That without Will Ferrell... This is just a generic Christmas season thing that doesn't gain the traction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In that 2015 run, when it opened originally, it was Kimberly Walsh playing Jovi. Oh. Yeah. I like Kimberly Walsh. She's from she's... Girls Aloud, right? I know, yeah. yeah. And she's also been Fiona. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, they say the fastest way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. They certainly do. However, this Christmas, I think the fastest way to spread christmas cheer is podcasting Mm -hmm. for all to hear so we are going to go and watch elf the musical Mm -hmm. i truly hope this one is a winner me too i'm rooting for it i think it's got nostalgia it's got my love of christmas Mm -hmm. going for it hopefully when we return shortly i'll be in a positive mood i hope so Because it is Christmas. Mm -hmm. See you very, very shortly. I really can't stay. Got to go away. The evening has been so very nice. My mother will start to worry, and father will be pacing the floor. So, really, I'd better scurry, but maybe just a half drink more and we are back from watching a musical where we did not hear the song that you just sang do you know i find it really funny that i think i've perhaps written the most notes ever for elf the musical yeah you've written a lot i i've written essentially enough notes that you'd expect from like a thesis at university you know like this is my dissertation on elf the musical i assume a lot of that is going to be dedicated to changes no it really isn't oh okay sure (laughs) it's observations okay and maybe anecdotes and possibly and hopefully some funny jokes yeah because this is a funny show yeah i mean i'm gonna start by saying this the version we see has like 
a really cheesy introduction with kids dressed like Buddy and talking about how excited they are. And like a really cheesy narrator being like, now sit down, folks, it's time for the first time ever on British TV, Elf the Musical. Yeah, it's very panto. Yeah. And I feel like if we're talking about Christmas shows, like a Christmas musical feels a real like tier below standard musicals. Sure, because there's really only so long you can run it for. Yeah, and it's just kind of like a seasonal thing. But even though this may be like a tear down from maybe the quality we get from other Broadway shows, Mm. I feel like this is a really important show. You look at how many families are in that audience. Mm -hmm. Now, Elf, for me and you as adults, probably isn't life-changing. No. But this could be an entry-level show for a kid who maybe, based on this show, dedicates their life to wanting to be involved in the theatre in some capacity for the rest of their life. There's some really clever lighting and set design and costume in this show. Mm -hmm. The acting is good. The songs are good. There's a lot here that could inspire a young person to want to pursue this and i yeah. actually think that's so important mm-hmm. well, I, I had a, I had this exact conversation with some students of mine recently yeah. where we were talking about what the first show they saw was and i said i was two mm-hmm. and it I was beauty and the show. beast with john barrowman mm-hmm. and i i don't know whether they just thought that two is too young to go and see a show mm-hmm. or if they were like wow that's really young to take anyone to go yeah. and see a show but you know that i remember bits of it mm. because i it was something new i'd never encountered before and i am to this day obviously obsessed with musicals yeah. and i think this is a really accessible show as well given the fact it is based off a popular film yes had this just been a generic musical about an elf had the Will Ferrell film never existed. Maybe my point here... Oh, this would not have done well if it wasn't... Yeah, but I think it's a really, really... Whatever we talk about, whatever we think about this show, I think I have to put my hands up and, and like, give it a round of applause because Mm -hmm. who knows the impact this could have on a younger generation and getting involved in the arts. Yeah. So... I definitely agree with you. Yeah, well done, Elf. So one of the things that you just mentioned is that as this show is introduced for the filmed version that we've just watched they have a lot of shots of families going into the theater and people talking about why they're excited about elf however they've done that over the overture yeah which is disappointing because i really liked the overture it was fun and it actually felt very like authentic for the film we're about to watch one of Mm. the favorite things about elf the film is it actually starts with an overture yes and that's really clever for like a kind of throwback to classic Hollywood. And we've lost this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this right now. I don't like Santa in this. Okay. I have to confess. <laughs> I'm okay with Santa. I think some of the jokes are weird and it's very panto. Mm-hmm. What I dislike the most about this take on Santa is it feels very generic Santa. One of the things that for me makes Elf stand out is I like that they have a gruff, kind of grumpy Santa. 
Yeah, that's what I, he's supposed to be like. Yeah, I there's only two versions of Santa where I've really kind of got a sense of he's this gruff character, but like not in a nasty way. Mm-hmm. And that is the Father Christmas Raymond Briggs adaptation. Yep. And Elf. Sure. I I mean, perhaps there's other there's some medias, animated ones, but yeah. I've not seen. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think it makes Elf really stand out instead of painting him as this kind of pixie-like, you know, figure. Uh, Alec Baldwin in Rise of the Guardians as the Russian Santa with uh, mm-hmm. tattoos. Nothing I nice. love that. I really like that. It's something different that makes it stand out. This Santa, I feel, is weird because he's very British when the rest of the yeah, cast Yeah, I don't want British isn't. Santa. I don't mind British Santa, but when everyone else is so kind of American, even the rest of the elves speak American, why is he watching Match of the Day? Because this is a panto. I don't think it is. Yeah, but his this, parts are. That's what I mean. His parts are, and it's quite jarring. I like it when you've got a joke that can translate and change depending where you perform it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, in America, presumably he won't be eating quality streets watching Match of the Day. Yeah. However, in here, fun. And it's it's engaging for the kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. I don't think kids are going to know what Match of the Day is. Oh, they would. I think they would. <laughs> I, I Maybe not musical theatre kids. Yeah, but these aren't musical theatre kids. Okay. These are kids who like the film who probably watch football with their dads or mums of an evening on a Saturday night. Mm. I think it's a joke that translates. Yeah. So in this iteration, Santa is our narrator for this section of the story. He yeah. introduces the characters and he tells us the setting and then he kickstarts the story. Yeah. One of the things I do miss is I miss Papa Elf. Yeah. We lose him in favour of more Santa, though. Yeah. Which I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, but I do miss that puppet elf element because Mm. it means we lose gruff Santa. We do get a really nice joke here. So he talks about, you know, how he's not happy that he's got to spend Christmas Day with his Mm in-laws, which I think is funny. You know, humanising Santa's always, always interesting. Sure. But he also... We know nothing about Mrs. Claus. No, we don't. And Elf the film doesn't refer to her. Mm Mm-mm. He also says that, you know, Christmas Day is hit and the elves have hit the eggnog. They're going to wake up tomorrow to find it in weird places. Mm-hmm. It's all Mother I wrote. Traces. Eggnog in weird places. We obsessively listen to that song, which if you don't know is from Mean Girls, the musical, is their version of rocking around the Christmas tree. No, it's uh, Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, okay, yeah. So in the film it's that, but in the musical it's rocking around the pole and it's an absolute bop. And it, if you don't have it in your Christmas playlist, you should go and add it. It stands above, you know, like musical theatre. It's yeah. one of those songs that there are some songs that you can only really exist within, I think, the musical. This is a song that's, you know, had you not told me it's for Mean Girls, I would just assume it's a parody Christmas song. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a real great. hallmark of quality, actually, in the way something's written. Yeah. Other than Elaine Page, can I picture this uh, on the radio? Mm-hmm. Yes, I could. I could picture any other radio station playing it. Yeah, for sure. Which I don't think you can with many other musical songs, to be honest. I think every radio station should play Mr. Mistopheles on a loop for or all eternity. Gimbal Shanks. Mm-hmm. So, Christmas Town. I love how, I love that kind of thing where. A bed comes on stage yeah. and they're upright. We did it in hairspray. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I love that underneath his pajamas is his uniform. Yep. All the elves are Lord Farquading. It's incredible. And because obviously we've watched Shrek at this point, I just love how much you laughed when you realised yeah. what they were doing. It, it was a nice joke. 
he uses a snowman's head as a snowball and bowls and skittles the elves everyone. Over. Yeah, I have issue with that Why? because in Elf the film, the snowman's alive. The snowman's alive. He's Frosty the snowman. Oh no, I didn't think of that. So he's just straight up murdered. So kill count one dead snowman. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy he is xenophobic against humans. Against humans. Sure. He's never met a human, and he's got very distinct thoughts about them. He's really glad he was born an elf. Yep. And then everyone sort of has a secret giggle to themselves. Yes. A lot of humans don't believe in Santa. Good. Same beat as the film. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean... So we need to work extra hard this year. Yeah. To make the presents good so that belief in Santa rises. Exactly. He throws all the toys. So Charlie has just told them that they need to be super productive this year and he throws all the toys on the floor. That's part of a little weird joke. He sucks. Yeah. He's just ignored. I'm going to say right here, right now. I didn't like the actor playing Buddy. That's fair enough. I think he was very annoying. And I think when you compare it to the fact that he was adapting a Will Ferrell character and Will Ferrell was more likeable and less annoying Mm -hmm. than his take, that says something. Here's my thoughts on this. In the Will Ferrell version... The elves are all a lot nicer. And I think they also come a lot across a lot more gleeful. And also we have the animated sequence. So Mm -hmm. we know we live in this fairy tale world with elves. And then it's really juxtaposed against the humans. Yeah. But in this version, the elves are kind of mean to him. Yeah, because we have the exchange with 85 edges sketches. In the film, it feels like when they go, well done, buddy. It feels like that is a lot. I couldn't make one. And everyone agrees that it's really good. And when they're like, you bring us down a whole octave, they actually mean it. Whereas in this, it's all sarcastic. Yeah. And it makes them seem less nice. And as a result, it makes Buddy feel Mm -hmm. off. And I don't I, know if that's just the way they play it. Possibly. Or whether it's just I just think a choice. He's and there's gonna be a lot of things Buddy does here that really upset me and annoy me because I think they're detrimental to his character. The fact that he doesn't kind of grow up or evolve Mm-mm. in the same way Will Ferrell at least has some kind of awareness. He's not constantly like this man child. He kind of does take steps up as he is more acclimatized to the real world that Buddy isn't. Yeah. So maybe it's weird where the main character is really unlikable for me. I don't think I've really had another one where I really disliked the main character. Hmm. At least with Elle, I knew I went into Legally Blonde with kind of some concerns. But she's likable. Elle was likable, bar maybe a few instances, but she overcame them. And we talked about those at the time. Yeah. Elle I liked. Shrek I liked. Mm-hmm. Buddy awesome really much. didn't like. And that's weird when you've got to build something around their character, I think. Yeah. But yes, he is a cotton-headed ninny muggins. I like that and, they keep that line because yeah. it's just a funny joke. Because they're like, <gasps> but this is another one where they react differently. Mm. Where like in the in the film, they're like, "Oh, you're not that." Like, yeah. don't be down on yourself. And it's like as if he's calling himself stupid. Whereas yeah. in this, it's like he's dropped a massive. It's F-bomb. a massive slur. Yeah. yeah. So Buddy goes off to do a job and Charlie and Shawanda joke about how if he doesn't know he's not human by now, he never will. And Buddy realises and we get the best line Mm. from Shawanda where she's like, we were talking about somebody else. Boo. (laughs) We also find out that Shawanda is a heartbreaker. 
What's the guy called? Charlie. Charlie. What? Are divorced? Yeah. You're breaking his heart, Shawanda. Well, it wouldn't be the first time, would it? I liked that. It's a small little joke for these characters that aren't going to have any more bearing on the plot. Yeah, they're not in it again. Yeah, fine. It's it's great. And I thought that was funny. I, I do think the way this Santa talks to Buddy is obviously kind of a lot kinder. Mm-hmm. This feels like a Santa that you would take your children to see in a grotto. Yeah. I was taking notes because that's my retirement plan, as you know. You're going to be a great Santa one day. And I think in that sense... If kids are there visibly seeing this Santa, and potentially, for all you know, he has been a Santa in a grotto as they go in. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know that. That would be brilliant if you get to meet Santa before the show. And then he's on stage. That would be very cool. Because then he has to be this version of Santa. He can't be gruff Santa if he's gone from that to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like how he does tell Buddy his origin. Buddy thinks he's like Annie. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a great reference. Oh, yeah. This is the sort of show, like you say, there are panto-ish moments. Mm -hmm. I would say, actually, more of the time it does feel like a Broadway musical than it does a pantomime. Mm -hmm. I like, this is, I like the references. This is the perfect show to have that kind of reference. Yeah. He gives Buddy a snow globe. He goes, your dad works in this building. Mm -hmm. And what we learn is that this is the Empire State Building for ants. Yeah, but because tiny. He's teeny tiny. He lives in there. He's yeah, he's a lot more stupid than Will Ferrell. He Will Ferrell has kind of some kind of awareness. Yeah, it does make Even me Even if wonder. he sees the wonder in the world, mm. he has some intelligence. This version doesn't. No, and it does make me wonder how old he is. Mm. Because obviously Christmas owls age differently to humans, which we see in the film because Will Ferrell is still in school. Yeah, right? Yeah. So he's a child. By elf standards, yes. So they treat him like a child, so he acts like this. Which is understandable. Yeah, but then by human standards. But then by the time he's an adult, by elf standards, he's going to be like 100. Yeah. It just... He's not as Mm likeable. And... Perhaps it's missing out on that montage of him growing up that we, you know, we get like a 30 second kind of shot of younger Will Ferrell into to get a sense of his age that we can yeah. see that we don't have that age bearing. So we don't know what his experience is. That yeah. old elf school is really, really bad and it needs an offset inspection quick. Yeah, it's really hard to graduate from elf school. One of my favourite things in the show, I have to say, I, as far back as Phantom of the Opera, what have I been saying you to you? You love a digital backdrop. Yeah. They use this one well. Mm-hmm. The fact that he runs out and then we see the digital buddy jumping in the snow. And, and then screaming, back, yeah. They use it well throughout. It's not just a gimmick for one or two scenes. Mm-hmm. It's consistently used well. Yes. Now, this next bit I have issue with. Wetting the bed gets you on the naughty list. That was really sad. I think that's really irresponsible to put in a show that's aimed at kids. Maybe it's only through an adult. I don't think kids are clever enough to take it that way. No. And obviously, it's something that's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And especially at this time of year, where you're maybe a little bit more nervous about Santa and excited, and maybe you might wet the bed. And then you're going to be constantly nervous that Santa's not going to give you presents for a mistake. I think that was a really, really irresponsible line. 
Yeah, this it, was it, targeted at adults. Fine, make a joke at it. Mm-hmm. It's a super weird line, though. Yeah, I don't like that. We learn that New York City is a great place. Yeah, it is a concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Mm-hmm. And Buddy's going to set off in his adventure. Yep. But before he does, he gives Santa a big hug, and Santa gives some great advice for twenty twenty. Yep. These days we ask permission before we hug. Personal space. Good. Yes. Well done, yes, Santa. we do. Santa, very responsible. When was this filmed? 2016, did you say? 2017. 2017. Yeah. <laughs> Santa. Santa knew what was up. Is the gift that keeps on giving. So we go to our next song, which is World's Greatest Dad. Mm-hmm. The iceberg set was very cool. Yeah, that he stood cute. on it and moved across the stage. And we get the candy cane forest. Mm-hmm. We yeah. get my favourite line in this movie. Yeah. In the movie or the musical, which is, Bye, buddy. Yes, because the... Con- finding your dad. The conductor is the narwhal. Which <laughs> is amazing. brilliant. I get the sense sometimes a lot of these conductors take themselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. It's a very important job. You're actually there keeping... The whole show going. But it's going to be way more fun when you can join in. Oh, 100%. If I was a conductor, which I'll never be because I lack any musical skill, I would 100% like, let me do it, please, please, Mm. tag me in, tag me in. It's one of my favourite jokes in Sister Act, the musical, because as we know at the end of Sister Act, the Pope comes to watch them sing. (laughs) And in the stage show, the conductor is just as the Pope for the last, like, however long of the show. Absolutely. I just think it's a great joke, and I think it's nice to see the conductor getting involved. Mm -hmm. The transition into New York City was great. The transitions for this whole show are brilliant. Again, Mm. far better than they have any right to be. I said this was Shrek the Musical. I'm saying it now. Yep. You know, we have the digital backdrop going, well, the chaotic rhythm of the people and the choreography, and then suddenly... The building, the Empire State Building, comes on stage. Yeah. It's so, so smooth, crisp and gorgeous. I loved it. The final two pages of Jingle the Puppy are mm. missing. And as a result, Jingles is tanking. They've changed this to be far more Christmas-based than just children's books-based. Yeah. I don't know why. don't think it adds anything to it. It becomes a little bit more confusing because the whole point is they're going to need to create a brand new Christmas book on Christmas Eve. You said to me, are they launching it for this Christmas or next Christmas? Like, yeah. Why does it matter with a Christmas book that you need to have the pitch on Christmas Eve? And it actually is kind of like, yeah, this can wait till New Year's. Yeah. So I understand. And it's like the same as Christmas adverts. They're made literally a year in advance or a year to six yeah. months. So I can imagine that a year in advance, they're like, well, this year books about puppies did really well. So next year we should also do a book about a puppy. Mm. And they're planning that. But you shouldn't have to pitch and illustrate this no, book. by no, not within a week and ready to kind of get the ball rolling. No. In the film, if I remember correctly, because we've not watched the film yet for this Christmas season, that is our designated Christmas Eve film. Look. In the film, if I remember correctly, it's the fact that they're going to tank this quarter so they need a new book that they can launch as quickly as possible for the next quarter. Mm-hmm. That at least makes sense. They've got to rush it out as quickly as possible. I can deal with that. Yeah. But for next Christmas, 
So we finally get the answer to Buddy's question. World's greatest dad. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Ooh, a Santagram. How exciting. I kind of love her. Deb, in my head canon, <laughs> is Jan from Greece, grown up. Yeah. And she's still in contact with Frenchie yes. because Frenchie still does her hair. Yeah, she has a purple rinse. Yep. She changed her name. Maybe Jan was like her pink lady's nickname. And mm-hmm. she's like, Deb, Jan, whatever. Yeah. That's her surname, whatever. In the Way is a great song. Yeah, it is. I like this one. I like how business this song is. Mm-hmm. So you get like lines like, close the Delaware branch and Christmas always gets in the way. Mm-hmm. I like it. They found a really nice rhythm to this song. Yeah. It's performed well, and especially when you compare it to Buddy's songs, it feels very different. Yep. There should be a tonal shift with different characters. I like it when each character has a style for their songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes all the mundane day-to-day features and it makes it funny and it makes it engaging. And it doesn't make him a villain. It's obviously setting him up to be like he's not fun. Yeah. But he's not a bad person, which is good because he needs redemption. We meet Michael and Emily. Mm -hmm. And Emily has a great line to Walter where she says, he's your son. And Walter goes, yes, I remember him. About Michael, which is great. And then we have the dad from Buddy. Yeah. And I'm already annoyed. Mm. He's too loud. Yep. And it... None of the elves were this loud, so there's no reason for it. If all of the elves, if the entire start of this had been all of the elves acting like this... But do you think it's potentially a result of a human ingesting so much sugar because it's such a part of the staple elf diet? Yes. And it's clearly having an effect on him. But still, the actor is so annoying. (laughs) And clearly that's what he's going for. So I'm not criticising his acting. I'm... I don't like the the direction of this character. Mm-hmm. It just and again, target demographic for a little kid probably love it. Yep. And it's it's projection of who do you see yourself as? And for these kids, they should see themselves as Buddy. Mm-hmm. So it works to make him very very childlike. But for a thirty year old Grinch that I am, yep, it's just kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. He sings the same song for the Christmas gram, which is great. And I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah, because it's not a song, it's... Yeah, I love that, though, that you've got this kind of... The continuity that continues. And (laughs) Walter gets Deb's eye colour wrong and she's a little bit miffed. Mm -hmm. There's a really nice subtle thing that I noticed, which I'm sure a lot of people did, happens for a reason, but we notice that Emily steals a hair off Buddy. Yeah, And obviously that plot-wise becomes important later on, but if you... It is literally blink and you'll miss it, Mm -hmm. but... You know, she's going to plot a DNA test. Yeah, and he even is like, ow, that hurt. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. At the end of this section, we're told to take him to the North Pole. Mm-hmm. Which means Macy's. Woohoo! How was Macy's name dropped in this, but not in the film? There's a, a difference in the way you're allowed to reference things in musicals compared to movies. Is it because of, like, general broadcast and how accessible they are yeah but then i'm surprised that doesn't change when you think that we've recorded this and we have every intention of distributing it on a wider platform 
Mm-hmm. Do you reckon if this was in America, they'd potentially have to do a performance where they change it from Macy's to Gumball's? Because obviously it's going to be released in that manner. Yeah. Well, in the original one, it's called Gimbals. Ah, I thought Gumball's. Gumball's. Close enough. They actually filmed it in Macy's, though. Yeah. I know. And they wanted it to be Macy's. It's just Macy's didn't something agree to it. Something fell through, didn't it? I, I believe it's something to do with it being a kid's film. Yeah. As opposed to, like, that's not really their target audience. No, which is fair. So we get the really fun little sequence with um, mm-hmm. the, the, the fruit spray. And she looks more horrified by it than Buddy does. Yep. <laughs> Dirt, that's not the North Pole. Mm. It's basically the same. I'm not, I can't say much more. It is shot for shot. Mm-hmm. The manager of the North Pole is worried that corporate don't trust him they've sent in an inside guy he says yes ladies and gentlemen tomorrow morning santa's coming santa i know him yeah so the department store manager thinks that buddy has been sent by corporate yes as like a holiday dresser Mm. or something and that he is here to make sure that the big guy upstairs is happy with the way that yeah, everything which... looks. So, obviously, Buddy means Santa. Yeah. But the manager means corporate head yeah. office. We get a tiny thread of that in the film, because when he's like, the North Pole is too good, I think it's, you know, some they're sending someone in. They're all gunning for our jobs. Mm-hmm. So this is like, after Buddy's done the transformation. So I like that they've picked that up and done more with it and rolled with it. But Buddy comes across really creepy because he's instantly infatuated with Atomic Jovi. Kitten. Yeah. <laughs> Atomic Kitten. But Jovi, yeah. He's instantly infatuated with her, which shows that he's not as young. Mm-hmm. Like he knows about romantic feelings, mm-hmm. but it's just like his flirting with her is really creepy. Like she becomes self aware as well that he's like looking up at her and she's obviously in a dress and. Yeah, she's like, are you okay there? Yeah. Because this version of Jovi is, is... a lot more down-to-earth, sarcastic, has had hard times in love before. Mm. She's not hopeful. She's not manic pixie dream girl. Which I think is just what you're going to get when you hire Zoe Deschanel. Well, it's one of her first roles. Against. Like, it is one of the first things that she really did to kind of raise her platform. Mm-hmm. So the earliest thing I can remember seeing her in anyway, from my perspective. Mm. But yeah, you don't you get a lot more depth to Jovi this time. And I yep. like that, actually. It's, it's one of the best kind of changes and uses of the additional time that they have. Yeah. But Buddy says he'd like to stick her on top of a tree. Yeah. I'm singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing. You don't sing at the North Pole. Yes, we do. So, if we're getting a film version of this, Mm -hmm. as we know, James Corden needs to be in everything nowadays. Yeah. However, I do think James Corden would be good casting as this store manager. So would literally anyone else. I know, but if we're (laughs) going to cast James Corden, let's put him as this store manager. Yeah. Who at least gets on board with Buddy and tells everyone to do what Buddy suggests. And I like that in this version, everyone's helping. It's not just Buddy on his own. 
Mm-hmm. It's quite nice. And we get really, yes. really fun song in Sparkle Jolly Twinkle Jingly. Yeah. So this is one of two songs from this show that I have on my Christmas playlist yes. every year. Because this song is just a good Christmassy decorating song. Yeah. And that's what we needed from this scene. Yes. You've been like Jovi and sung this in the shower. I mean, this version of Jovi doesn't sing in the shower. Which is funny that this version of Buddy comes across more creepy than the version of Will Ferrell, who is sat next to her in the shower singing. Yep. Well done to the musical for making him creepier without the need for breaching the shower room. But, yeah, that ladder you mentioned to me is the one that he fell off of. So it happened this early into the show. Mm -hmm. It's not that tall. It is a freak accident, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it really, really wasn't his fault. No. Um, and it is just that it's a revolving decorator's ladder. Yeah. And it spins and it's on wheels. And he obviously just lost his grip or misstepped. Yeah, it's easily fell. done. But this is it. Like, they're not that tall. It's, I was expecting like a real, you know, like how Belle does in Beauty and the Beast, like where she's on like a ladder with all the books. Mm-hmm. I was expecting something like that at the back. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. The store manager, for those of you who are wrestling fans, as a point of context, looks just like Paul Bearer. And it distracted me whenever he came on. I just felt (laughs) like I was about to watch The Undertaker show up. Yeah. But we get tap dancing elves. It's lots of fun. And as a result of this song, certainly the North Pole does look more festive. It is sparkle, jolly, twinkle, jingly. Does it make you tingle? That's a very personal question. (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of one of my favorite lines of this song is the store manager has two spoken lines and both of them are i can't lie it makes me tingle and he does it in the reprise which is great buddy gives them some of the old razzle dazzle basically do you think they use that term exclusively because it's a chicago reference yeah it is it's great i love it he's nicer in this version the store manager i like it he's he's a lot nicer Mm -hmm. he Obviously, when he has to kick Buddy out, you understand why. Yeah. It's not just like a kind of nasty thing that we dislike that character. Yeah, because he dislikes Buddy immediately in the film. Yes. Buddy mentions he wants to eat Jovi's flufferutta under the covers. Yeah, he does. I get, I'm right. It's the panto innuendo, isn't it there? Yeah. I understand that this is aimed primarily at children. However, I think there are enough adults who love Elf that we can accept that Elf, the film, was a great Christmas movie for children and for adults and it didn't need these kind of jokes. It's why it's still as popular as it is like 16 years later. Yeah. So I don't know why they felt the need to put them into the stage show, but you know, whatever. Yeah. So he comes on way too strong and I think Jovi is going to pull a Shawanda. You know, she's like, you don't want to date me. This isn't going to happen. But she eventually agrees to a Thursday date. <laughs> yeah. And we get the world's greatest reprise. Mm-hmm. He sang this first about his dad and now he's singing it about her. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, there was... um. A bit where Buddy sits down and he's snoring and there was just one kid in the audience who was just hysterical laughing Oh my at the god, snores. it was so cute. It was. This is another one 
where I like having the audience there. Mm. I really liked the audience interaction here because yeah. I think they laughed at the right moments, they interacted at the right moments. I think this show might have fallen flat if it was just like performed mm. and no one was there to laugh at the jokes. Yeah. It's funnier with that context. You actually felt like you were there. Yeah. This was a really good recording of this show. Mm -hmm. Even though, interestingly, Emily's mic wasn't working or she was double mic'd. There were a few moments where she stepped out. Yeah, no, it's any time the actress playing Emily got too close to the actress playing Walter. Yeah. His mic would pick her up. Yeah. And also her mic was picking her up. So it would boom. Double mic, yeah. And I've never seen a recording quite like that where you actually have like an official recording mm -hmm. and some kind of issue. The only other one I can think of is a very Potter senior year. But obviously that's not that's, like your conventional yeah. show. So I just thought that's a really interesting kind of observation. I'm surprised it made the cut. I guess mm. you can't do anything about it. Just interested me. Yeah. Okay. I don't like the joke of the violent kid who plays violent video games. I feel like it's too easy a target. It's too Mike TV. Yeah, I don't like it in Mike TV either. I feel like it's just an easy joke to make. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I like the moment where, you know, he's shouting at his mum. I thought that the, his mum had clearly skinned the Grinch and was wearing his skin as a coat. Yep. I liked their interaction. It definitely made me feel sorry for... Santas across the globe who mm -hmm. have to deal with children like that. Yes. And Buddy... I wonder how often that happens. That oh. you get kids that you really can't say yes to because you're like, you're on the naughty list. A hundred percent. There are loads of those kind of encounters on a daily basis. You think? Yeah. Because there are kids with no siblings who kind of feel a sense of entitlement. Yeah. Buddy starts the fight with the fake Santa. Yep. It's not as fun here. It just you feels... You sit on the throne of lies is definitely not as fun here. No. I feel like the whole section as well where they fight and it's very clearly like stage combat and there's no physical contact and like people are in the wrong place at the wrong time and get knocked. It just doesn't look realistic. No, this is all extremely panto. Yeah. And it's not as fun a sequence as a result. It's very well choreographed. It just wasn't as fun for me. Mm. But Buddy's arrested. This version of Michael is such a dweeb. I, he wasn't cool in the film. He's... He's not. He's cool by, like, mid-2000 standards. But he's older than this version of Michael. So he's, like, a teenager here. Whereas this version's, like, 9 or 10. Yeah. And it does change it. Like, I don't know. I feel like he helped Buddy grow up. And, like, he was the one that helped Buddy with girl advice and everything. And he did come across, like, gr more grown up than Buddy did. Yeah. This version of Michael, not so much. Mm. No, fair enough. Yeah. Again, not a criticism. I think it's a smart decision to have a younger version of Michael. But he's just very wet at times. Yeah. <laughs> the doorbell rings and Emily goes, if it's those Mormons again. Yep. Gotta give me a Mormon reference. I'll be very happy. Sure. Hello. It's the police and Buddy's been taken to Walters. Yeah. Because he's homeless. Mm -hmm. Actually, really responsible of the police because they could have just thrown Buddy in a cell. 
Yeah, he wasn't doing anything, though. He'd started a fight in a shopping centre. Like they, um, that's quite a nice thing that they've done. They, they've, he said, my dad is Walter Hobbs. Mm-hmm. They've taken him to Walter Hobbs. Yeah, they've taken pity on him because he's homeless. Let's let's see what we can do to help. I just love that on the way here they've obviously become friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that he's like befriended them. I, feel, I wish we saw that. Yeah, I feel like this version of Buddy could become friends with anyone. Yeah, for sure. But I wish they showed us that because all yeah. we see him do is annoy people. Yeah. I love the fact we've got the backdrop of New York. Their, their giant window, mm. because their apartment looks out over Central Park. And so it shows you how billionaires. exactly it shows you how accomplished Walter is in the in the main film. It's they don't have that nice an apartment. It feels like they're doing like well. A nice apartment. Yeah. yeah, it's obviously like <laughs> you know they're doing well in New York to have that apartment, mm-hmm. but this shows you how successful he is. I like that animal rights activists wrote to Santa and he no longer uses reindeer. Yeah. I feel like we were never going to get reindeer on the sleigh. And it's a simple line that will be referenced later that explains why we just have a sleigh. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really clever. Mm -hmm. Because I think if we'd had clearly fake reindeer... It wouldn't have looked as good. No, and it did look good. So Buddy trades favours for Christmas spirit. Yes. Uh, we get I'll believe in you. Mm-hmm. They're this going to so sad. It is. They're going to write a letter to Santa about what they want, Emily and Michael, and Buddy is going to fix Michael's science project because mm-hmm. elf skills. No, it's a toy. I know. Yeah, and it's like he can he can build things because mm-hmm. Buddy is good at it by human standards. Yes. Yeah. So this song is completely heartbreaking because yes. all this kid is singing about wanting is two days with dad, please. Yeah. And then all the mum is singing about wanting is time with him as well. Mm. Because he buys her like expensive day trips or like gift cards. But I'd rather just have my husband. Why are they still together? For the kid. Yeah. 100% he would go to college and they would divorce. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least this version you understand it more because as well they are in such a successful home. Clearly he has to put the work into to finance that yeah and this version of walter has definitely lost sight of what matters compared to hippie walter with buddy's Mm mum. and i like that this song shows him that it's just like you are a good person but we miss the person that you were yeah i like the line that michael sings even though it's been years since you've heard from me but because this version is young like Mm -hmm. i'd say nine or ten how old was he when he stopped believing I think five. Okay. This is probably a good time for me to talk about my one criticism of the majority of Christmas films. Which is? Oh, parent, belief in Santa and where do presents come yeah. from? We establish in this that if you don't believe in Santa, you're on the naughty list. And therefore you're not getting presents. Because as opposed to the film where Walter is on the naughty list because he's a greedy, mean yeah. man... In the stage show, he's on the naughty list because he no longer believes in Santa. Yeah. So this kid hasn't got any presents from Santa since he was a little child. Okay, but... But... Which is why his parents have stopped believing. But they should know he exists because of the five years whatever Michael did believe in Santa and miraculously got presents. Yeah. 
at least they try to address it, but it's always such criticism of mine. And I know that these are films for children to help bolster and encourage that belief and, and keep Father Christmas alive. Mm-hmm. But it's such a weird thing to kind of address. I, I mean, I love Elf doing the whole joke of what do they think they do? That, that parents wrap up presents and pretend they're from you? That's impossible. I love that joke. Because it, you know, that's what most kids think. It just, the fact that his mum doesn't believe mm. when he will have had some kind of Christmas just is a weird thing. And I'd rather it just be that mum doesn't sing about how she doesn't believe. Yeah. Walter arrives and he's really not happy that Buddy is here. Mm-hmm. But they make the agreement he's going to stay here because they're going to figure it out. And even if he's just here for 24 hours, they'll get it sorted. But they can't throw him out on the streets. That's not responsible. I really like Emily's moral compass. Yeah, she's a good person. Yeah. They keep the Coke joke. I know you hate burp jokes, but I think it's kind of a a fun joke. I hate anything to do with food. I know you do. I know. But I like that joke in Elf. I feel so bad for Will Ferrell, who covered his spaghetti in M&M's chocolate and has to eat it. I always feel bad for him, but they keep this joke here. And then we get In the Way Reprise. And this is essentially DNA test the musical. And we get the line, Walter has an elf for a son. I like that. Yeah. Get your suit. Can it be red like Santa's? No. No. (laughs) Oh, and his mum has the most brilliant bit at the end of this sequence where it's like, well, we know where he got the idiot gene, don't we? Oh, it's so great. Where Walter's like, Walter as he's leaving is like, why well, don't, why does he act like this? He's so stupid. His mum was really clever. She had a, she was Harvard educated. She yeah. had a great GPA. She had a PhD. Well, <laughs> we know where he got the idiot gene from then, Love don't it. we? Do you know what? There are moments where. She's you, the best character. But this is what I, I like is you get moments where the way Emily and Walter interact, you can see why they are still together, that there is still a very real relationship between the two, mm-hmm. but they've just lost that. Because yeah. life gets in the way. Just like him, I really like when Buddy mirrors Walter. Yeah. He drowns his coffee in sugar. Disgusting. Yeah, far too much sugar. And Buddy meets the character Jim. And he lifts him up in a very kind of dance <laughs> way. I have a boyfriend. And Buddy says, you can never have too many boyfriends. He's not wrong. No. Uh, what wait what (laughs) one for every day of the week okay i want to do all my chores i do that anyway honey oh i get it i'm the chore boyfriend aren't i yeah you are the chore boyfriend jeez okay (laughs) (laughs) what i like about this number just like him is it feels very different to the first office song like buddy's already bringing christmas spirit and changing Whereas everyone else felt mechanical and robotic because of Walter's presence, Buddy's presence has already opened. Inside of each of these office drones is a person. Is an elf. And you said you really like the character integrity for Jim. Yes, I do. I appreciate that we established that Jim is gay. And then in all of the dance scenes, he only dances with his male partner. And I appreciate yeah. that. It's not just, it's not some random throwaway line where they're like, oh, ha ha, he's gay. I also really it's... like the representation just simply because it's just, it's not played for laughs. It's not no. the um, tail end of a joke that he's a gay character. 
he is mm. gay, it's normal in a show for kids. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Because mm-hmm. it is normal, 100%. But a lot of kids aren't ever exposed to kind of that side of life. Yeah. So it does become something for them that they're not aware of. And it, it, if it's media like this that just shows all walks of life mm-hmm. that we need. Yeah, for sure. And I just think it's it's nice that that's just that character. Yeah. I mean, he's not important. No. It doesn't matter. He could have said zero lines and we would not have noticed. But, you know, they tried. Yeah, they did something. It's better, well, I would say. Trying. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this song is clearly diegetic. Because Walter all could hear and he sees all of them mid-dance and they were like, uh-oh. Yep. So, does that mean Buddy is spreading Christmas cheer? Mm. Cool. I like the idea that this world wasn't a musical world and this is only happening in the office and wherever Buddy is. Oh, yeah, like musicals just happen. Yeah. Like, this is only happening because Buddy's presence. Yeah, I can see that. Buddy can't be quiet. He sat in the office really struggling to be quiet and this joke goes on far too long. Because we get it like three times where he goes to say something but can't and he shouts. And like, do it once. That's fine. But three times is a lot of repetition for this joke. Mm -hmm. Especially I'm like, Act 1 went forever. Act 1 was very long in this show. Really long. Yeah. And we could have cut some bits and this joke especially. Because it's maybe five minutes of time where everyone's just working and Buddy's quiet and struggling to be quiet. And it's funny the first time. Yeah. And it's not funny the second or third time. No. Deb Jan encourages Walter to tell Buddy about Susan. Yep. I think so. And then we meet Mr. Greenway, who is the boss of Walter. Yeah, the president of the company. You mentioned something interesting about the casting. Yeah, this is Santa. Yeah. It, it's just a an interesting choice. To double cast him. Yeah, I think of all the characters you're double casting, I'm not sure about Santa. Because this is the only cast where they'd done that. Because the original Broadway cast had two different actors. The revival in 2012, two different actors. Just the West End cast that had this actor playing both Santa and Mr. Greenway. Especially because Mr. Greenway is very anti-Christmas. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially for a show where like the big deal is believing in Santa, Santa's character integrity should be very much that way. And any kids who are looking at the program, for starters, see Santa slash Mr. Greenway. But he's billed separately. Is he? Yeah. Okay. But some kids might be clever enough to deduce mm. that they're the same person. Yeah. I just... I mean, the only logic I can think of it is this how Santa spies for the naughty and nice list that he becomes different people so he can walk through different walks of life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's angry because Jingle the puppy is failing. But yeah, because we're missing the last, the last two pages. pages. Same as the film. Yeah. This is where I realise we're not going to get the mailroom sequence. I guess, you know this served that purpose it does exactly the same thing without the weird kind of like we're on parole jokes Mm -hmm. walter's going to be fired though if he doesn't pitch the next christmas book we've talked about that yep weird but okay 
And we go to date night. Yes. A greasy hot dog is not dinner. No, nor is it a date. I no. get that they didn't want to do the inside of a coffee shop. Yeah, I, I, I get And this is a good way around it. It, it does is. exactly the same. I like the weird bit where Buddy nails Carol of the Bells and he's just like back to the audience and he's ringing bells in different positions to... Yeah. I think that's a fun little joke. Yep. I like the small things that Buddy does that show that he really is there. Mm-hmm. And you you look at it from the perspective of somebody on stage and you think, is he telling the truth? It's enough that people must believe what he's saying before going back, nah, that's, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really do like that. Yeah. We learn that Charlie has a syrup problem. Yep. Now, I, I do wonder, how is it possible to have a problem when something is a staple part of your diet? Like, you need that to survive. Yeah, they haven't thought that through. Yeah, that's like saying I have a salad problem. Or a bread problem. Yeah. I guess I have a bread problem. To be fair, talking through this way, it must be a problem if you are having in excess. And maybe syrup is like a quarter of it. Yeah. And if and he's, he's only having syrup. Only having syrup, then maybe yes. But I really do want to know what the impact is on, on kind of his health. Like, mm. how is this syrup affecting him? Is syrup alcohol? Because that's what the joke is. Like, he's, he yeah, drinks too much. Yeah, that's what they mean. So... No wonder him and Shawanda broke up. Yeah, so Buddy says that they should do something Christmassy because it's a Christmas date. Yep. And what is more Christmassy than rollerblading? I will say this. (laughs) The Rockefeller tree on stage here looks far better than the 2020 tree. Yeah. And Actually, no, I've not actually seen a picture of that fully decorated. I wonder how it does look Mm. now it's been, like, decorated. Yeah. So they're supposed to be ice skating. And I just think this is an interesting choice. I also think it's interesting that when they're here ice skating on stage, that this isn't what injured him. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> he, he literally has to wear rollerblades in this film, in this show and he fell off a ladder. Yeah, like he's probably went to the you know emergency room and he's like, I always thought it was going to be the skates. Yeah. So this, to me, is just a super interesting choice for between things that they have changed yes. and things that they have kept. I think having them go ice skating, as in having them go to the rink, would have been fine. Yeah. And have the ensemble members doing the ice mm-hmm. skating on their rollerblades in the background. Great idea. Having these two characters put rollerblades on and sort of stumble around on stage while trying to sing this song yes. is just a super interesting decision. It is. I have issue with the kind of narrative flow here. Mm-hmm. In that this this half of the show is so long. Well, it's more a case of they try to flesh out Jovi's character, but create inconsistencies. What so do you mean? Jovi says this is her first Christmas in New York City. But then says immediately after, nearly here two years and last year she was alone in a tiny studio apartment. Now, Maybe yes, she, meant... she went home, but I don't. I think you associate a studio apartment with New York. Or maybe she meant this is her first like real Christmas because she's doing Christmassy things. I don't know. It's not clear. Enough. It's not clear, but it's it's a line that doesn't really work from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Buddy does promise to make her dreams come true. And I tell you what, with him, it feels like he genuinely means it. 
Yeah. This buddy has obviously got a concept of attraction, but also doesn't have the adult urges that go with it. Sure. And I like the fact that he's just genuinely into her and Mm -hmm. does just feel compelled to want to make her happy. Yeah. It's one of the nicest things about the childlike buddy we have, that he just really likes her Mm -hmm. and knows he just wants something to do. So this show becomes Starlight F Press. What? Starlight Elf Press. Oh, boo. (laughs) Yeah. When sat on the bench, I thought they looked like the poster to last Christmas. Yeah. The lighting and and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, let's sing a Christmas song. Yep, I like this song. This is the other other one one. that is on my Christmas playlist. Yeah. I, I really liked it. It's a really cute song and I think it's really romantic without it being explicitly romantic. Yeah. But this is the point where I realise how far we are into the film and we still have no interval. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow. We... Wow. <laughs> Sorry. I am Owen Wilson. I just thought it was surprising because by this point in the film we've maybe got half an hour left uh-huh. and i'm starting to think like are we just going to have act two be all about like santa being stuck in new york city no which might get a little too much so we are in the boardroom now for hobbs's company in the pitch and we see above their table children's books your child can trust mm-hmm and we learn that they're going to pitch a story with tomatoes, which is basically the Grinch. But tomatoes. Yeah. But we learn that when you think of Christmas, you think of Chris Smith. Yeah. I really did like the kind of wordplay here, the Chris Smith Christmas book. Mm-hmm. And so they, the yeah. staff writers have happened upon the only copy of an unpublished manuscript. Of a Chris Smith Christmas book. Who, Chris Smith is deceased. Yes. So, like, you're never going to get another one of these. And, and... it is the one copy. Mm-hmm. It was in a desk that the key had been lost or it had kind of fallen yeah, down. Yeah, it's in his old desk yeah. and his estate have sold the desk and this guy found it and, you know. So, at this point, I twigged that we're cutting the Peter Dinklage storyline. Yeah, we've gotten rid of Miles Finch. Yes. Which I think is fine, considering th- how long this is so far. I mean... It is one of the worst taste jokes in the film. It only works because... Peter Dinklage agreed to it. Yeah. We learn it is the only copy. Yeah. Of Chris Smith's Christmas book. Yes. And before anything else happens, I already know that Buddy is going to destroy it. Yep. And we're told it's going to be $300,000 to purchase it. Which is a stupid amount of money. Now, it's such a shame that they mentioned that the photocopy is not currently working because they could so easily just like photocopy it and then be like, yeah, this isn't a Christmas, you can have it back. Mm-hmm. And then they've got it for free. And then they just have a Christmas book. Yeah. Because obviously, what I don't understand, right, is this is a forged Christmas story. We reveal later. Oh, was it? It was forged. Yeah. They reveal way later on that this isn't a real Christmas story. Oh, yes, because Mr. Greenway comes in and is like, somebody paid 300000 for a forged Christmas Christmas story, of course. Yeah. So it's not real. However, they comment at this point on 
like his handwriting yeah. and the illustrations that have been done for it because clearly this fictional Christmas illustrates his own children's stories. Mm-hmm. So what, somebody sat and did Christmas illustrations yeah. and wrote a whole new story? It's hardly an easy con, is it? No, you need to find somebody, like a forger to do that for you. Yeah. Super but weird. We don't know that at this point. No. So Buddy comes in and we've seen in earlier scenes how obsessed he is with the shredder and throwing it at people and shouting, Snow! He's so stupid. At this point, this is painful. Yeah, because he's done it so many times up to this point. Yeah. And it, but because of the value of this as yeah. well, and we're led to believe this is real, mm-hmm. and it's somebody's like dying project, you know? Yeah. It just... Yeah, he turns the manuscript into snow and it's painful. Mm -hmm. And Walter says he wishes that Buddy wasn't his son. Yeah, I don't think we've had the right build-up of the relationship between Buddy, Michael and Walter here. Whereas Mm. in the film it does feel sad. Yeah, he's also... I really like the actor who's playing Walter in this. Yeah, he's fantastic. But this is the one scene where I was like, I feel like he's not angry enough. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you would literally lose your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And it just... At least in the film, we've had more of the relationship between Buddy and, you know, his dad and his, you know, step-sibling. Yeah. So when the decision to kind of go happens, you feel sad about it. At this point, I don't really feel that bad about it. Yeah. Because it hasn't been the build between them. Mm-hmm. So he sings World's Greatest Dad Reprise. Yep. It's sad. Would you believe it? This is where we get the interval. I yeah. honestly thought we were just going to go straight through the show like it was going mm-hmm. to be a uh, a show with no interval. Yeah. We've been talking quite a long time and we are just getting to the interval. Mm-hmm. So Santa's back. He has his single malt cocoa. Yeah. Which I quite like. And Buddy leaves his goodbye message on an Etch-A-Sketch, one of my favourite jokes. Yep. And he goes to the only place that would serve food on Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. a Chinese buffet. And he meets all the other Santas and they're all complaining. I don't feel like the store manager from earlier has any right to complain about being Santa. He's a store manager, not a Santa. But also he did it for one day Mm -hmm. compared to everyone else who's been doing it since like early November. Yeah. These guys are just billed as fake Santas. Yes. And Buddy says he he gets it. He's in on the job that they do it to help Santa. Yeah, because Santa can't be everywhere. Exactly. But they say that the kids don't light up for them anymore. And they go into No One Cares About Santa. Mm -hmm. Weird song for a kid's family show. Yeah. Like, especially at this time of year, it feels like... What is the alternate of this scene in the film? There isn't. Wait, so in the film, where does he go after his dad says he doesn't love him anymore? Just straight into Central Park. With Michael? Without Michael. Oh, straight into Santa's crashed. Right, so what we're going to see in a moment is that Buddy shows up for the pitch. Yeah. That's not how it works. Walter quits in the film Mm -hmm. to go find Buddy. Oh. So there's a lot of padding here that I actually don't think needs to happen. No, because really, this could be a 90-minute show. Yeah, with, with no, interval. no interval. And it would still be as good, mm. I would say. I don't, I don't think this scene, this number, adds anything to it. 
I think the choreography in this number's fun. Yeah, it's cute. And I think it's a really nice set piece, but it, you know, in a show that's already quite long, yeah, it feels like padding. I like the line where they say, ho, 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 no, no, no. Hmm. I think that's fun. But we do have a sequel to last week. Because Christmas is. Mm-hmm. If you like extra lines of what Christmas is. Yep. That Dolly Parton didn't cover with Christmas on the Square. Christmas is fighting with your family. Yep. Giving people stuff. Mm-hmm. The one I like here. The one day a year everyone gets to be Santa Claus. Oh, that's cute. That one's cute. And Buddy's listening to their advice through song and he suddenly realises... He's very, very late. Because he forgot about Jovi and mm-hmm. their date and the perfect Christmas Eve he was going to give her because she's never had one before. Yeah, and he's supposed to be getting her into a really... Exclusive restaurant yeah. because of his dad and his dad's mm-hmm. status. And she doesn't quite believe it, but there's just something about Buddy that feels magical like it's going to happen. Yeah, it's Tavern on the Green, right? Yes. Yeah. And Is that a real place? Yeah. Cool. And he... He said that Walter will be able to get them in on Christmas Eve, despite the fact that, you know, they've probably been booked out for years. But if this big marketing executive says this, you probably could. Yeah, you probably could. This buddy's just not as likeable. And at this point, I feel like we're watching Nathan Lane because he sounds like Nathan Lane. Like I look away sometimes and I just hear like the producers mm-hmm. or Tim Lane. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to Jovi on her own and she sings Never Fall In Love. Instead of decking halls, you dream of decking him, mm-hmm. which is a great line. Great line. And the pun of this is never fall in love with an elf. Well, Specifically with an elf. So this is the thing is, she has had it tough. And compared to the film, she has more depth and you can kind of understand the apprehension. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just kind of there and exists as a love interest, but there's never any doubt they're going to get together. It's yeah. very weird and shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Here, it's quite nice. Essentially, this song is no way, no how, she won't say it, no, no. No, and she shouldn't say it because he forgot about her. Yeah. And then when he arrives, I he will say, says that he forgot about her. Which I will say, to his credit, he's honest. Mm-hmm. I think that's admirable. That is a no, very no. good quality. My issue is he's phrased it wrong. He's phrased it wrong, but he at least says the truth. He doesn't come up with an excuse. He doesn't try and say, oh, I was doing this. He just says... I forgot about you. I'd rather just just say you forgot. Yeah, I know. Not right. I forgot about you. And she's like, oh God, thanks. And she says their date last week, last mm. Thursday, was the only nice moment she's had in a year and a half. And that is so sad. That's super sad. It is really sad. Especially because it was a terrible date. It was. Well, they went ice skating. Just barely. Barely. He cannot give her the gift of tavern on the green Mm -hmm. but what he can do is the gift of seeing new york in snow yeah and he gives her the snow globe and shakes it and she gets to see snowy new york and she says she tries to give it back and he says no no keep it you need it and at this point i start to think he's surprisingly aware for how oblivious he's been in the rest of the show about how real social lives work like, and social protocols. I agree. And at this point, I felt like he's been putting this act on mm. and he can be normal when he wants yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. He knows what he's doing, but he's just doing it the opposite because why Why not? 
And that makes me like him even less mm-hmm. because he knows what's going on here and he, he reasons with and he's engaging as a human. Yeah. Has he been able to do that all along? Or yes. is he just Yeah, he can't, it can't come that suddenly. Michael and Emily in their apartment need to find Buddy mm-hmm. and Michael starts to get the Christmas thing. Mum's still in doubt, but Michael peers out of their window over the whole of New York and he sees Santa. And that must be a problem. If Santa is doing his rounds through New York this early in a city that never sleeps with all these tall buildings, how has he not been seen before? Mm, That's true. Made me think of the Santa Claus films where they say seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. And this film kind of is the opposite of that is he only believes because he saw. But we, we get the song There Is a Santa Claus. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good song. It's okay. I like the fact that whenever Michael sings, it's with Emily. So, on Christmas Eve, Santa arrives any time between 9pm and midnight. On Christmas Eve. So, and it's dark out. Yeah, but that doesn't feel right. It just, especially in a city like New York, in more rural areas, you could get away with it. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like amateur hour when all... How many people could be looking out that window in this high-rise building? Mm-hmm. Everyone. He needs to protect the SOS. Okay. Like, and how could he be so visible in all these places and still have Christmas belief drop? Because he's only visible because Michael needs to see him. Is that what it is? Okay, yeah. I'll go with that. I'll reason I'm, with I'm that. willing to have Christmas that. magic revealed him because it knew that that's what this story needed. Mm-hmm. We go back to the publishers. I'm thinking, woohoo, it's time for an office Christmas party. Yeah. Or not, because they're still working. I do quite like that they're having their party, though. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. And they don't have a pitch ready. And Deb Jan tells the story of little Palco, who wants a leg for Christmas. Yep. A human leg. Yeah. He's the one legged boy who hops and wrote to Santa saying, All I want is, is a second leg, just one day where kids don't stare. Mm-hmm. and finds a human, a human leg. leg under the tree. And I agree with Walter, it is a terrifying story. Yep, that is not... I, like, in theory, that's pretty Christmassy, mm. that, you know, Santa gifts him with what he wanted. But at Why the did same he not time... just wake up and find the leg was attached to him? Yeah. And where did Santa get this leg from? Is there a little boy down the street who was naughty, who lost his leg? Yeah. It raises so many questions. As a kid, that would terrify me. I would be like, Mum... I don't want to go to sleep in case I've been naughty and Santa steals one of my limbs to give it to someone else. Mm -hmm. But Michael shows up and he stands up to his dad, which is a really nice moment. And then Mr. Greenway comes in and Walter decides to pitch Palco, Polco, however you say it. Mm -hmm. And Buddy crashes the pitch. Yeah. And he offers his father a gift. And I'm going to ask you which one you'd rather. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have 1,000 butterfly kisses or a bracelet made of my hair? What's a butterfly kiss? i got no idea. Something to do with your eyelashes. Do you think? Yeah, because like a butterfly effect, like because you put them together. I really want eyelashes. But he's an elf. He makes Christmas presents and this is the best you could come up with at short notice. I don't really want my... To be brushed by eyelashes. So you'd like it, a bracelet made of my hair? Yeah. That is preferable. Okay, that's weird. I thought you'd gone for the butterfly kisses. 
And we get the story of Buddy the Elf. And Buddy pitches his autobiography to try and save Walter. Mm-hmm. And Walter starts to learn and reflects on his life. Yep. And he, he comments that his dad is kind of a jerk. Because mm-hmm. he kind of starts to realise that Buddy is now stepping up to try and save him. Mm-hmm. And he realises that he's been kind of obnoxious the whole time. Yep. This is the only song in this show yeah. that gets stuck in my head on a regular basis. But mm-hmm. just specifically the Buddy the Elf. Buddy the Elf. He talks about how he changes his ways. But Walter hasn't actually changed his ways at all at this point. I believe what he's doing is making a statement that, that I'm going to will. change. Yeah, that's more so, meaningful. I yeah, think. he's learning as he sings the narrative, and Greenway loves it. He does, mm-hmm. except for one thing. Yes, it needs to be a horse. Mm-hmm. Buddy, the Christmas horse. I would yeah. read that. That sounds like a great kids' book. But obviously, they're like, Buddy's not a horse, and even Michael's like, that's lame. Yeah, so Mr. Michael's a kid. He should yeah. be taking feedback. But it, it does give us an absolutely fantastic line from Mr. Greenway. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be lectured by children on how to sell children's books to children. Yep. Like, somebody needs to do market research or explain it mm-hmm. to him. I think it's a great line. And we get one of my favourite aspects of movies, like coming-of-age movies with parents. Yeah. Where the parent isn't willing to stick up for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you get the line that is in all of these films where they're like, hey, don't talk to my kid like that. And I quit. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I'm always here for that. And he welcomes Buddy into his family and it, it's great. Mm-hmm. And Buddy learns that Santa is stuck in Central Park. Yes. There is a news reporter down in Central Park reporting about how a UFO has landed. Yeah. And that... What could it possibly be? Well, it's Christmas Eve, so haha, maybe it's Santa. Yeah. So Santa's singing. Nobody cares about Santa. He's yeah. kind of stranded. This is quite a good reprise. It is. The only reason to have that song in before. Absolutely. It, it. Yeah. He has an iPad, which I think is very cool. His Christmas list is on the iPad. Yeah, it's a very modern Santa. I do wonder, though, how much data roaming he uses and how much it costs. And also, I imagine the uh, the sleigh has like Wi-Fi tethering. Possibly, does an elf have to scan these letters in onto the iPad? Like, yes, that's someone's job. I also have an issue, but Post we'll talk elves. about that like a little bit in a moment because when it crops up, mm-hmm. Santa loads up on his iPad Michael's letter. It's a real tearjerker. He claims they just wanted his dad. I'm kind of thinking like there must be worse. Like, more sad Christmas letters written to Santa than just, like... The kid who wants a leg. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. There must be far worse kids out there having worse Christmases than Michael has. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, he said it's a real tearjerker. He doesn't seem particularly fussed by it. No, but... Yeah. We get a great line here where Walter says, I loved you in Miracle on 34th Street. That's a great line. Yeah. That is one of the best jokes in this show. It is. Oh, hey, I loved you in Miracle on 34th Street. Yes. And Walter is now off the naughty list and the sleigh starts to rise. Yeah, he's off the naughty list because he now believes in Santa. There's a very weird reference here that British viewers will get. And obviously it's something that must change depending on where this is performed. But he says there's going to be no more Christmas. But luckily my brother-in-law owns a Greg's in Skegness. Yep. I know that may just sound like words to those of you listening in other territories. That makes sense to us in England. 
Do they not have Greggs in other countries? I don't think so. Is Greggs just feels like thing? quintessentially like British. Sure. Maybe there's it's Greggs. It's just a bakery. Hey, if you're in America listening, we know there's a few of you. We love talking to you on Twitter. Can someone tell us, do you have Greggs? Yep. Buddy steals the iPad mm-hmm. and we get the news report and Buddy tells New York City what happened. Now, this is one of the things I kind of have issue with. The iPad has historical Christmas data. Yeah. Has he like digitized his library? Surely that's a GDPR breach that like Santa's kept everyone. Yeah, but also Santa's kept all of your requests. Like, what's the statute of limitations on that? He hasn't got like like centuries worth on this probably like the last hundred years so oh i wouldn't be surprised if we could go back to like 1503 and be like (laughs) this happened but yeah buddy knows how to work the ipad and he finds all these historical fine cool there's probably an app for that here's my question did this news reporter write a santa letter yeah absolutely because she wants her boyfriend to commit i love that joke she wrote a letter to santa who she doesn't believe in Santa, I think, picks up on Christmas wishes. Yeah, okay. That's what I think this is here. Because, but then how's it going to happen? Like, because she doesn't believe in him, clearly. Which means she's on the naughty list. Right, so she then ruins Christmas on air. Incredible. Oh my God, she is fired in the morning. She is so fired. Yeah. Like, you know parents are complaining about yeah. that like a hundred percent so she's on a main news outlet reporting on this crash in central park she's already made a joke about how it's probably santa on his sleigh and then buddy does all of the buddy the stuff. letters and she says well what is this because none of this is real because santa's not real anyway i know and everyone's like <laughs> and, then and then she, she looks screams. in the camera like ah and yeah. she knows in that moment she's like Gah. and you hear a lot of kids in the audience gasp too which yeah. is so funny they start singing again, and we have a little bit more about what Christmas is. Mm-hmm. It's about more than Santa, sleeping on a futon, yep, kissing your girlfriend, mm-hmm. traveling miles and miles just to be with your family. Yep, some really nice, like, like poignant Christmas. What things. I like is that this isn't consumerism Christmas. Mm-hmm. This is Christmas spirit, and it is really nice. Yeah, and Buddy conjures snow. Where's Jovi? Quickly come, Jovi! There's snow. Yep, and then Buddy conjures jo- Jovi. Yep. Christmas song reprise. She's here. She sings. She let it go because he made it snow. It's very poetic of her. Yeah. And Walter joins in and Deb's here. The whole gang's here. Mm -hmm. Christmas in Central Park. And the singing sends the sleigh flying out into the audience. Yeah, that is very cool. That's an excellent mechanic for kids to see. And it, it prompts the audience to get snowed on. Yep. Which is very cool. And we end with Santa summing up the story. Mm-hmm. He jokes about how Yorkshire got no presents until the 26th. But they didn't notice, so it's fine. Yeah, but that's still kind of sad. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird joke. I also don't like Santa making that joke. I don't know. If mm. I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, what if we get forgotten? He'll be fine. Yeah. That's an adult's joke. It's an adult's joke, but I think we underestimate how clever some of these younger kids are. Yeah. But we do get Baby Buddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I... Super interestingly. So, yeah, go for it. In the movie, their baby is a girl. Yeah. And in this one, it's a boy. Hmm. And I don't know why they changed that. 
Maybe it changed depending on the gender of the baby they were holding each night. It's not a real baby. It's a toy. Yeah, but, you know, you can... Yeah, but they've specifically wrapped it in, like, a blue blanket. It's weird, isn't it? It It's a really weird... Perhaps they just lost the pink blanket and, like, that blue one will do. Yeah. Or someone was like, they have a baby at the end, right? Just, like, make a fake baby. And somebody was just like, I'll just wrap this blue blanket. It's fine. So another bit to kind of make it weird because Buddy's so childlike is... They did a special kind of cuddle he had never heard of. Oh, yeah, I didn't need that line in this. Yeah, and that's kind of how this ends. Yeah, basically. And then everybody sings a reprise of Sparkle Jolly Twinkle Jingly. Which is the name of the baby. Oh, yeah. They say that too. But then they also say he's called Buddy Junior. Yeah, I hope it's Buddy Junior and not Sparkle, Sparkle Twinkle. Sparkle Jolly Twinkle yeah. Jingly. I mean, that's some weird they baby were, names, but like... Sparkle is up there. That's how he makes them feel. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> I know we sound very down about this one at times, but I... We had a good time. I really did enjoy this one. I think it's a little over long. Mm-hmm. You know, I could cut Nobody Needs Santa anymore, and I would say cut the interval and just go straight through for 90 minutes. Yeah. I think that's probably the better way to do it and have it be far more... I would say I like the, the growth of Jovi and, and seeing more of their date and seeing her get hurt. For sure. But I also think maybe have no interval and I would cut the there's no such thing as Santa but it's still too long a show if we cut that like seven minute sequence so mm-hmm. maybe we need an interval who's your MVP in this one I said Deb oh yeah I, I liked Deb. her when Deb she, was yeah. great she's a comedic genius yeah whenever she was on I enjoyed Deb it's and just... I really like Emily yeah. as well because she is consistently just funny yeah I think all of her lines she's just really funny I really like, that's who I identify with in this show. Yeah, I would say Deb. I really liked Walter in this one. And I think the actor portraying Walter was was fantastic. Mm -hmm. What's your best song? Sparkle Jolly Twinkle Jingly. That and In The Way for me. I just like the Christmas is in the way. Ha ha, business. Yeah. And Christmas song. Yeah, Christmas song's fun. Mm -hmm. What's your skipping song? A Christmas song. There is a Santa Claus towards the end with Michael and Emily. Oh, sure. And just, I think there's an element of... I can, um, the fact that I couldn't remember what that was. Yeah, I, it just, it's, again, it's kind of getting closer towards the end now and it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, let's get there. My attention on this is, is kind of faltering and it's not... I'd say the second half songs are far more disappointing than the first half songs. Yeah. It's lost its momentum by then. Oh, for sure. I think that's more to do with the fact that it deviates. Yeah. And possibly. Yeah. yeah. Which role would you want to play in this one? Emily. I do. I feel like being Jovi would be fun. Yeah. And I really like Never Fall in Love. Yeah. And I would love to like belt that one out, but I feel like Emily playing Emily would just be kind of fun. Yeah. I said I'd want to play Santa. <laughs> Oh, how did I not see that coming? Like if I, yeah, I would, I would want to play Santa in mm-hmm. this one. I think Santa's fun, but I didn't, don't, but I wouldn't want to be Mr. Greenway too. I would just exclusively want to be Santa. Yeah. Well, and, if you were on Broadway, you could just be Santa. And I would say, have me be in the grotto before the show as well. Because mm-hmm. then it feels like the actual Santa's there on stage. Yeah. I think that would be a fun thing for the kids. Fair enough. How many stars did you give this I one? gave this one four out of five. Wow, I know okay. there's been quite a bit of criticism, but yeah. I love the story of Elf and... I do like the songs. And 
in hindsight, maybe it should be three out of five, but this isn't, this is a good show for kids. And mm-hmm. I'm going to judge it on that merit. That and from... you have to go into it with that childlike enjoyment as opposed to critical eye adults. Yeah. Like We've we talked are. about this show far more than it should be talked yeah. about, like, as if it's a critical review. Mm-hmm. And yes, I don't like the way Buddy is played. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's very much a decision for the kids. Yeah. And I think if we took our children someday to see this show, they would come out over the moon. Yep. Hyped and and hopefully starting to love and appreciate theatre as an industry. And it may not be perfect. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are issues with the narrative flow. And yes, there are issues with some of the songs and the characters. I liked it. And as it's Christmas, four out of five Christmas stars on the tree. Cool. Yeah. So where are we going next week? Well, next week is our final episode of 2020. It sure is. And because it's going to launch on December 28th mm-hmm. in the run up to New Year's. Yeah. I wanted to take you somewhere mm-hmm. where you could dress up yeah. appropriately. Mm-hmm. And what better way to celebrate New Year's in our finest finest clothes yep then by watching the prom for sure yeah i know you watched it you watched it on your ipad whilst i played god of war mm-hmm. i am excited to see this one yeah i know i've seen mixed kind of views out there i have a lot to say about you the do prom. have a lot to say mm-hmm. so that will be next week where we will discuss netflix's adaptation of the prom with favorites of the podcast meryl streep yep Believe it or not, James Corden, who has got an MVP on this show. He has one MVP on this show. He does. I gave him, to be fair, in Into the Woods, he was not James Corden. Like I said, I Mm -hmm. didn't expect much from him. It's got Nicole Kidman. I like Nicole Kidman. She's great in Moulin Rouge. It's got Andrew Rannells, Mm -hmm. Elder Price. I love Book of Mormon. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with this. I know there's some controversy attached to this film, and I'm sure we'll talk about it then. Yeah. But make sure you join us and maybe dress up. Tweet us your pictures or send us a DM on Instagram of you dressed up in your New Year's attire to celebrate our prom. Mm -hmm. Or maybe send us a picture of you in prom gear and and show us celebrating prom. Yeah. Considering the way that the world is right now, I don't think there's ever not a reason to dress fancy. Exactly. You have a theory about uh, why the Roaring Twenties was, was quite so roaring. Yeah, I saw a great thing on twitter about how there was a, a pandemic before like just before the roaring 20s and then suddenly everyone just really fancy all the time and i get it yeah i get it now i want to put on high heels to go and take my bins out so. absolutely and one final thing before we end this episode is i just like to plug a project that friend of the podcast jared good is involved in our number one boy jared yes. good And this is a new podcast that will be coming out in 2021 called Midnight Musicals. Essentially, him and a group of people have created a musical which will be shared with the world via podcast. Cool. The first musical they're going to bring us is called Let's Investigate a Murder. What do teenage boys really have to sing about in the 90s? A little bloodshed in the neighbourhood, apparently. So the song's heavily 90s inspired... The script is by Nikolaus Moser. Songs are by Jared Good. Cool. And musical arrangements by James Edwards. If this is something you are interested in, it must be because you're listening to our show. You can find them at midnightmusicalspod.com. 
Their Twitter is at mmusicalspod and their Instagram is at midnightmusicalspod. You can follow their socials and sign up on the mailing list for the website. I think it sounds great. Yeah. I love musicals. Mm-hmm. And I think a musical that is distributed via a podcast platform is very, very interesting to me. Mm. All, you know, audio and no visual. Yeah. I'm very excited to see how that progresses. Me too. I like, like, pod dramas. Yes. Like audio dramas. So this is, will be interesting. Excellent. So be like us and check out Midnight Musicals coming in 2021. So next week you can find us on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. on Spotify on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music, on Stitcher Radio, and on Podbean. And you can talk to us on Twitter and on Instagram about your views of Alpha Musical or on The Prom and let us know your thoughts and we'll talk about them on air. But most importantly, we hope you have a magical musical Monday, but an even more magical Christmas. Yes. And we will see you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. I've never said that before. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone.